You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome everyone to the Sewing and Growing podcast with J&J, and it's one of your favorite episodes. We know it to be true. Your favorite episodes are the ones where we have special guests, and today we have a very special guest, the second lady guest on our Sewing and Growing podcast. We have Nancy Fredericks, and I'll tell you what, Nancy Fredericks has such a... Such an impressive resume. I yes. don't really know how to refer to you. Is there a certain way you like to be identified? <laughs> well, I think the church usually calls me Knitting Nancy. You know, yeah. I didn't we, know if we you might knew that. Dive into that subject right away. Here. <laughs> yeah, I I was just telling Pastor Jonathan. I don't really know when Nancy got to the church. Just one day, she's on the front row knitting. Knitting. Exactly. And I want everyone to know that they're prayer shots for the hospital. So I oh. feel God is. Uh, in the presence, and I love the fact that when I'm knitting, it's actually going into these prayer shawls. So it's a ministry God gave me after the death of Linda Carlson, my best friend and my sister. Mm. And she got a prayer shawl from the hospital, and it meant the world to her. Yeah. And I went, you know, when I was a youngster, I used to knit. So I think I'll start making prayer shawls. Yeah. Would you say, I've heard this, that some people's learning styles, if they can keep their hands moving, it helps them learn and engage and stay focused. Is that something true for you? Absolutely. It's, you know, there's research that shows if you um, do jotting, you know, down and drawing little pictures and stuff like that in the middle of meetings that you actually have more attention span, learn better. It's good for wow. you when you're going to college and taking Can you notes tell that, that way. To my boss, because sometimes I'm doodling in a, in a meeting and I get I get accused no. of not paying attention. <laughs> Do those doodles <laughs> but need to be does... connected to what you're like working on, or can you be drawing a tree in the middle of calculus and you're <laughs> learning calculus better? If you if what you're drawing is connecting to your brain, that's going to have you remembering it better. Okay, so it has to just be somewhat correlated. Not necessarily. Not if, necessarily. If, if you're, no. if you, as you're drawing the tree, I think I'm hearing you correctly. You are. You're taking in that information of what's being taught. Right. It doesn't matter that you're drawing the tree. Okay. It's getting rooted yes. inside of you. Right. Wow. Yeah. This is uh, great. Hey, I, I haven't tapped into that yet. When I'm doodling, I'm just kind of doodling. There's nothing. Not, I think it actually pulls away from my attention span. I'm not a good multitasker. So what they say is that it open. It keeps that active part of your brain working that keeps interfering with the conversation and what's going on, and so that it has you opening to the memory and the, the, the information that you really need to take in and learn. You may or may not know the answer to this, but does this correlate to the digital age when people are on their phones during meetings? Uh, no. <laughs> I was hoping it was a big resounding ah, Well, more reasons to show up to church to show up to meetings with a notebook in here. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen any research that says being on your cell phone during meetings is uh, helping yeah. you. Well, I think that if your cell phone would, would only allow you to take notes or if you had maybe like what are those digital sketch pads I think it's because there's so many other things that you can do on your phone that you might originally right. be taking notes, but now you're on Instagram and then you're on. You're multitasking. Yeah. Which I, I heard a fun fact that multitasking actually doesn't really exist. It's more about how quickly you can switch between two different things. And a fun fact is that women switch faster <sighs> than men do. <laughs> Ouch. Podcast listener, you're going to find out that 
Nancy is a champion for women in yes. leadership and women in business. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about that because you're already jumping into it before we even introduced <laughs> you as the woman champion. So go ahead, woman champion, share. Well, I've owned my own business for well over 30 years and it evolved because God is in my world and in my life and he brought me into supporting women in business. If you think about it, and it's a bit controversial in the church, I get that, because sometimes I talk to people about, you know, women this and men that, and um, I, I, I get the raised eyebrow. What I'm talking about is women in business. And when business was created hundreds of years ago, and I love business because none of us would have the lives that we have if business didn't exist. It was only men that created business. So the pervasive rules and policies and undergirding of business is all really much more male thought processes than female thought processes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just an is. Then you bring women into it who are designed by God very differently. It doesn't mean that we don't have similar skill sets. It's our minds approach things often from a different projection. And women, in my mind, and it has been proven true through the years, misidentify rules to get promoted, to be seen as successful in corporations, to actually be heard, which we all know God created us, male and female, to bring, I hate to use the word balance because it sounds so, you know, ooh, we have I to like move this word, way though. and this way. Could you say fullness? <laughs> yes, the fullness to business. That's better. Ooh. And I sometimes use the word harmonize. Because a in, a, in a symphony, sometimes there's parts that are louder and other times there's parts that are quieter and it's all perfect. Yeah. So what I try to do is support women in identifying who they want to be in the business world. And some women are completely and utterly happy exactly where they are. There's other women who have deep regrets because as hard as they work, they can't seem to get into levels of influence in their business. And so what I do is I support them in identifying their uniqueness and also the rules of business so that they can decide whether they choose to adapt to that rule or not. If you choose not to adapt, there's a possibility that you're not going to be the CEO of the company. Okay. But that's okay because you didn't want to do the pathway. Let's create another pathway that brings you the joy and fulfillment and passion that God put in you for your calling and your purpose. Wow. Are you saying, I don't want to misinterpret, but from the beginning you are kind of saying the way business was structured, a little little patriarchal or little little what's the word hierarchy it's um, hierarchical masculine driven yeah. masculine built masculine driven exactly and you say you heard it's me still correctly. that you're saying it's still that way to a degree but you're helping women navigate it yeah it's it's that way still in large part okay so i think 
Let me see. I, you know, I'm a husband now, Nancy. I know. Congratulations. And part of being a husband <laughs> is actively listening. Congratulations. Whew, it's been a journey, Nancy, but maybe you can help me with this. So what I'm hearing is men built the business world, which yes. means the pathways to the hierarchy, the CEO position are pathways that men normally go on and go. So if you have a woman goes, I can't seem to tap into this CEO position or to go there. Right. You have to tell her this was built by a man in a man's world. We'll have to think and do it things this way to get you to your goal. But some women go, but I'm not built that way. I don't want to do that. So then you help them find a different role exactly. that can blend and match their God-given traits. Exactly. Okay. You got it. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Did you what hear a, that, honey? Yeah. I'm getting it. What about the, the women who, who do aspire to be the CEO and have the work ethic and the drive that it takes? You coach those women? Do you ever coach them yes. to the top? Yes. Oh, yeah. A, a, a number of women have gotten there. It's adapting and still remaining in integrity with who you are. Mm -hmm. So I don't do regular coaching, to tell you the truth. I've, for years, hesitated even calling myself a coach, but the world recognizes that terminology. So sometimes you have to use terminology mm -hmm. just because the world recognizes it. When I first was starting 30 years ago, I called myself a results coach because so much of the things was just muddied, you know? Um, it looked like people were, were out there getting money and not really helping people along the way. Um, so now I call myself a strategic coach because I partner with people. So the typical coaching that people are hearing about today is more of an appreciative inquiry kind of methodology that's based upon, oh, the person being coached has all the answers. And if I just ask the right question, it will be revealed to them. And I'm just like rolling my eyes because I've been coached that way. And I find it incredibly frustrating because as I mentioned before, I'm results oriented. And it's like, would, would you just tell me what you know and let me see if that's something I can adapt and make work for me. Mm. So what I do is I partner with people where we're creative partners. I bring knowledge to the table that often women don't have. They bring their expertise that I definitely don't have, you know. And I say, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Or I listen and underneath what they're saying, I'm going, wow, I'm hearing you thinking this way and saying that way. Let's get you in sync because you have to be in sync in order to be successful in a business. You can't be speaking out of two sides. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I see it as a creative endeavor between two partners of equal. Okay. Uh, oh, you got something? Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, so I, uh, what you're doing is, you know, very connected to the heart of God, because I think no matter who you are, whether you're a man or a woman, God's wanting you to rise to the top in whatever field you're in and exactly. meet your full potential. And so it's good to have strategic people in place for, you know, for even for different, different genders, because women's needs, men's needs are different and how we speak to them is different. So I love that you're doing that. And we have a lot of women who listen to this podcast and maybe I might, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot. I'd maybe love for you to share to the women who listen to this podcast who are wanting to 
better themselves and improve and move up, whether it be the corporate ladder or just be more, you know, successful just in life in general? Do you have tips, things that you'd like to say maybe to the audience that is of the uh, female? Right. Well, <laughs> first of all, I also do coach men because oh. well, maybe you should coach us because here. there's because the business pathway is there for men and women. And honestly, in today's marketplace, uh, men have to understand how to motivate and support mm -hmm. women in achieving success for them to, to achieve success. So although there's an emphasis because of a book I wrote years ago called Dancing on the Glass Ceiling towards women executives, I also support men. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that everyone is unique. We all know that when you read the Bible, it's very clear that we're all unique. There are some similarities, uh, tendencies, um, proclivities that women might have, um, not all women, but many women. And so I start focusing on those things. For instance, women are designed with emotional connectivity as part of their definition for relationship. When you're coming up as a little girl, uh, we're, our best friends are secret sharers. We, we share secrets with one another, and that determines friendship. Um, what women call our girlfriends, our really close friends. And so we bring that kind of thought process into the business world. The reality is, is as I said earlier, business was created by men, and men have fabulous friendships. It's based really much more on activity, doing things together, and sports, and... Recreational companionship. Exactly. <laughs> and it isn't to say that you don't have deep, abiding friendships as men. It's you don't define it based upon the emotional connectivity you um, define it based upon doing things together and achieving something I've, I've together. I've never heard a lady say, hey, not saying it doesn't happen, but let's go discuss some uh, business dealings on the golf, golf course. course. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. Racquetball at noon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, uh, the club. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's Thank funny you. because I actually was coaching a woman several years ago who was an amazing golfer. and What a great tool she could use. Exactly. Yeah. But she went golf with the men um, because she could beat them and they weren't happy with it. <laughs> and so her conversation was the men aren't going to let me um, be successful. They only want me to lose. And I'm like, I got to tell you, I suspicion that if one of the guys is out there golfing with the CEO of the company and the CEO is thinking he's pretty grand as a golfer, but as a guy, you can beat the pants off of him. I bet he's missing. He's throwing some balls into the, you know, yeah, and missing pots and stuff like yeah. that because they understand hierarchy mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And so it's not out of integrity. It's kind of the rules of the game of business. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's it on an that's aside. Cool. Yeah. But it's that kind of thing that we look at things. So. When you're in business, women are looking for emotional connectivity. So let's look at woman presents an idea, great idea, gets rejected, shares it with her boss. Boss goes, oh, 
and then is up in a meeting with his hierarchy and they're asking for solution on XYZ and he goes, oh, what about boom, boom, boom? And it gets accepted. In a woman's world, unless that boss says, Nancy Fredericks came up with that idea, the boss just stole, yeah. the, the boss just stole the idea. Now, in a guy's world, that wouldn't even be a thought process because you understand hierarchy and if you work under someone, the reality is is that they do present your ideas upward and they're not going, oh, Nancy said that and Susie Q said that and Joe said that. It's the group came up with the idea kind of thing. So um, women then are looking at their bosses as, remember, emotional connectivity they're no longer emotionally connected to their boss because they did something that was outside of the scope of what they believe is in integrity. I, I might have to challenge you on that. Okay, go I, for it, babe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I want to make sure I understood you correctly. You're saying that in a man's world, if there's a male CEO and a man who's working under that CEO and he's presenting an idea that he got from another man, he right. will attribute this, this, the credit to the other guy because they understand the hierarchy. But if the guy gets the idea from a woman, he's going to just... No. Okay. Uh, can I give it a shot because I'm working yeah. on the active listening? What yeah. you're saying is if a CEO shares an idea and doesn't attribute it to the person that the idea came from, to a guy it won't bother him because he exactly. understands okay. hierarchy. Thank you. But a woman Sorry. will be yes. hurt because we're supposed to have emotional connection, and I shared this with you, and you're not acknowledging me. Therefore, you're stealing it from me, and exactly. we're at odds. Okay. Exactly. I was misunderstanding. No, I was I'm here to say- There's been a, quite a few times where ideas do not get the proper credit, no matter I agree. who's presenting And I must them. be no, a little feminine okay. because that bothers me sometimes, it too. It bothers me a little bit. I, th I think it bothers men. I'm not saying it doesn't bother but them. But we get it. But we you can get comprehend it. it. We can make those connections because in our of, brain. we're not relying on emotional connectivity as much. Well, and I love emotional connectivity. Don't get me wrong. What would this world be like if women weren't emotionally right. connected? So Don't. it's not. Yeah, it's not that I'm not. I think that's a bad emotion. It's just we have to understand that when we're in business, our the people around us aren't going to be our best friends all the time. We have to work with people that we may never, ever, ever in a million years want to bring home. Hmm. And we have to figure out a way to do it where we're part of the team and we appreciate and value what someone brings to the table, not all of the disconnect hmm. that they bring to the relationship. I would say, I think men, I mean, this is a, a broad brushstroke here view their coworkers more as competition than than a, a team and i think women because of the emotional connectivity see their coworkers as somebody i'm working with together to accomplish a goal right and i think that's probably why men move up the ladder a little bit faster because it's a little more cutthroat to them does that make sense yeah and there's research um a, a psychologist pat heim did research, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but when I read the research, I went, whoa, this is it, because men consider themselves a great team player if they play, if they do their role appropriately, if they, if they do what they're supposed to do. A woman sees being a, a team player 
as a broader stroke, it's like filling in if there's something missing on the team or helping out or doing all of these extra things. And so if you're looking at it from that point of view and you see a guy who just purely does his own work and isn't supporting the team as a whole Mm. in those little gaps, a woman is going, wow, how is he getting promoted when I'm doing all the work? Yeah. It's much more, what's my job description? I do it well and I do it above and that's enough. Where to women, it seems like for women, things aren't as black and white. They see a bigger picture. Things are more connected. Yes, there's more connection. And interestingly enough, there's research that shows that women work more hours than men. Slightly. Not, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're with two guys right here, Nancy. I know. That wasn't the interesting part. I just want you to know. But what what the research showed, which was fascinating, and I went, yes, this is what I'm talking about, is that the women were spending more time working on things that wouldn't get them promoted. They were low-grade work things mm. that they saw could okay. ha- need to be done, and they were doing it and then wondering why the guy who didn't pitch in to do the birthday party or the <laughs> pot I of coffee or so there were dirty the dishes in the sink and they couldn't just leave yeah. them there. And it's even more than that. It's, it's work that might have fallen through the crack and a woman sees it. But if it fell through the crack, the likelihood is the company isn't honoring that as promotable Mm. work. So it's those kinds of things that I like to create awareness for women about. I hear you. Can I ask maybe what may seem like a tough question? These have all been tough questions. (laughs) This has been very enlightening for me. I've really enjoyed it. And you're speaking very clearly and I really appreciate your input. Someone may look at this and just how you champion women and, I feel like we're so polarized as a society and we were even praying about this this week at our prayer yes, times. Yes. Uh, would you say your view, would that make you a feminist? No. <laughs> because there's such toxic masculinity and there's such empowering women. And yes. it seems like we can't find a way to honor both people's strengths. Right. I would... In a natural way. And as godly people, we want to lift everyone up. Correct. Right. So can you maybe help what distinguishes you in empowering women, but doesn't take it to a huge pendulum swing to where it doesn't become beneficial? Or that it's tearing down men. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. The reality is, is that I absolutely love men in business and I love their brain and I love uh, the, I love what they've created. I mean, if you think about business from the very get-go, none of us would be where we are today. I also love women's brain and I want to see them coming together. So whether I'm coaching a guy to understand women better or I'm coaching a woman to understand men better, the bottom line is I'm asking them to stop measuring people for what they're doing wrong Mm -hmm. and measure them for what they're doing right. I don't care who you are, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, whether you're the CEO of the company or you're, you know, low on the totem pole. We all like to be acknowledged. We all like to be related to as from the best of who we are, not the worst. And so I try to create that 
mindset for everyone that I'm coaching. The other thing that I think is important is that I really, when you asked me if I'm a feminist, I said no quite loudly and clearly. (laughs) Don't worry, it's clear. We know. For the record, Nancy Fredericks, not a feminist. Exactly. I mean, it just came out. Um, And I was also... Nodding my head, no. I mean, it was it wasn't just <laughs> the words. Unequivocally, no. It Mind, was body and soul. Exactly. And I was so disappointed. As much as I love women, I was disappointed in the Me Too movement. I wrote about it in the blogs that I wrote. Um, I thought that I, I hated what men were doing to women and have in businesses um, through the power. But I saw, I wanted women to step up and show the context and the emotionality of who we are and the healing that women bring to the table and the beauty of who we are. And I did not see that in the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. I saw women taking over uh, and doing to men worse and harder than what the men had been doing to us for years. Not that I'm giving men, you know, free reign here or anything. I think there were men that were taken out that probably didn't deserve to be taken out. Um, if someone went to court and it was just, it was found that what they did through proper channels was bad, man, I want them out and, and not in business. But I wanted us to show the world what business could look like when love and um, forgiveness and healing was part of the equation. And I never saw any of that Mm. in the Me Too movement. And it saddened me deeply. Well, well, thank you for being so honest and bold. And I'm sorry that I know those were hard questions before, though, that that was yeah. one that we went and we went direct with. Can I ask one more thing? Yeah. Um, so just mentioned, I just got married. Uh, I have a beautiful, wonderful, strong wife now. You do. She's terrific. Yes. And Pastor Jonathan's married, has two beautiful girls of his own. Yep. We both work here at the church. The uh, office staff is predominantly all women. My youth team is predominantly all women. Right. So I know I'm not in executive businesses working for fi- Fortune 500 companies, but Maybe for us guys out there, you want to empower the women, but you also coach men. Mm-hmm. What is one of the most misunderstood things in men in leadership? I know you kind of touched on it, but if you can give me a nugget that I can take so I can be a better husband and leader, what would you say to me? Well, Jonathan, for raising your daughters. Ooh, we're <laughs> she moved right to me. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm listening. I one of the sad things that you see and research is confirming and again not for every woman but for the bulk of women is a lack of confidence they have in themselves and that comes from their fathers and hearing um, how terrific they are and that they can do anything um, and that God created them with a special purpose and um, loving them unconditionally. So raising daughters, I th- you know, I think is a tough challenge because the world really um, doesn't talk a lot about this house, how, how to build up a woman so that she can really 
be who God created her to be when she's an adult. When you're talking about business, to me, one of the most important things to do is acknowledgement because Mm -hmm. we all are acknowledgement sucks, men and women. I believe, (laughs) I believe that women need it more. And when it's not there, when they do a really good job at some level, they diminish the accomplishment that they did. Um, So I, I do think that the confidence is really important. I think that in business, one of the most important things you can do for your staff is to sit down and find out what their dreams and hopes are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's research that shows that the more you connect to your employees based upon their strengths and their passions, the more productive they are for the business, the more profitable the business is, the more engaged they are in business. And so when it comes down to it, the Bible is right. Huh. Isn't that a surprise? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that a surprise? You know, it really comes down to leaders loving and serving their people. Mm. And each of us is unique. And so it isn't a formula it's really understanding individually who works for you. It's acknowledging what they've done to bring the business to where it is rather than just taking it for granted. And those hopes and dreams, I would imagine, are for their life. It's not directed towards right. the role or the business because that could be somewhat self-seeking in that, couldn't it? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm trying to learn. Yeah, no. So when I, I'm just trying to, cause I plan on applying what we're doing here. Um, so you'd rather someone to say, Hey, I have you here. You have a valuable role. What do you see as your dreams and exactly. your hopes and your ambitions right. for being a part of this valuable team? Yeah. So tell me as a boss, isn't there a ton of different projects that come in? And if you knew Nancy Frederick's like to knit and there was a there was a job that came in that had her learning to knit or to do a knitting project wouldn't it make sense to give that to Nancy because then she's working in her strength she's working in her passions and world I want you to know I'm more than knitting Nancy which is what I keep <laughs> telling are. the you church <laughs> I keep saying no there's more to me than knitting Nancy but the fact of the matter is is that the more you know about your people the more you connect them right. to their passions and the better it's going to be for the entire That's organization great. and as far as acknowledgement I was thinking of the ideas and when a good idea comes out would you agree with this statement that the acknowledgement for good should be public and the criticism should be private. Totally. Is that very big? <laughs> yes. It's public a, praise, yes. private criticism. Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right, I'm, I'm getting stuff here. Yeah, folks. no, you're, you're doing good there. <laughs> <laughs> I keep coming back to the, the words that you said, which is emotional connectivity. And it, you know, it's, it's something that women are more strong in, but from all of this, you even said from the CEO down, if you can acknowledge people, um, all of that comes back down to connecting with someone more on an emotional level than on just what they can do for me or just they're more than just a skill set. Um, but caring about people um, for actually being people and not just what they provide. So it's 
fascinating to me because I do training and development for leadership um, as well as the executive coaching that I do. And I've been doing it for years and years and years. And every program I've ever done for leadership, I start off asking people to think about a leader that made a difference in their life that they know. And to list three characteristics, qualities about that yeah. leader. Yeah. And then I go around the table and everyone shares their story about this leader and the characteristic. And then I post it up on a wall. And at the end of the program, I go back to this wall and we go through it and we say, okay, if let's look at what you see that would be communication related. And almost 100% of what people list is communication. Yeah. It's at the lowest 90%. So, wow. And this is both men and women. When they're talking about characteristics of a leader that made a difference in their life. Mm -hmm. Then I say to them, okay, let's look at this from a different take. Let's look at it from hard skill, meaning your expertise, the education, the knowledge, the skill set, whatever you have. And let's look at the other side called soft skills, which mm -hmm. is a little harder. Emotional to, quotient. Yeah, which is a little harder to grade, right? Yeah. Um, and almost again, it's 90 to 100% is soft skills. Mm -hmm. So leaders aren't making a difference in their organization from their knowledge and hard skill level. They're making the difference and connecting to people through emotions. Yeah. And so the truth of the matter is, is that great leaders, wherever they are in companies, have an emotional ability, that emotional connectivity that they're able to do. And so when I'm doing training for women, I go, look, we own that field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. You really do. Well, I, I love that you said communication because we just, if you think, you know, a, a quality of a good leader, you said 90% of them put, or at least 90% of them right. put communication. We know communication is an exchange of information. Right. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. So a good communicator, not only being able to, speak to someone but having the ability to listen and let that exchange of information come from the other side as exactly. well. Exactly. So point. Giving them a seat at the table and giving them a voice at the table. Yes. Yes. And a true voice. I mean, you can give someone a voice but not truly give them a voice. I mean, I was coaching someone just recently whose boss says, I want to hear your ideas but never uses the ideas. Mm. So it's a combination of the verbal and the action. Yeah. You can give them that voice, but you can even not acknowledge that voice. Exactly. It comes back to that acknowledgement we've talked exactly. about. Very exactly. Very cool. Exactly. You know, this has been just a fantastic conversation. Thank oh, you. Oh, you say that to everyone. No, but, but I I'll really, take it. I, I, acknowledge that this I, is great. I do, and I'm thankful for all our guests, but I wasn't sure about this one. I had, I have a, had a deeper relationship with every other guest, but Miss Fredericks, this was... This was really good. It felt really natural, and the chemistry was here, so thank you. Good. Well, that's because I like all of you. I like John, and I like Jonathan. <laughs> Let me thank say you. this. For probably two or three years, 
Nancy has been speaking into our future saying you guys need to do a YouTube or right. a podcast. You kind of prophesied yeah, this thing did. before it ever happened. So for that, thank you very much. I didn't much. know whether you remembered that because I specifically I said you. Uh, the I, north I, section yeah. of the sanctuary, exactly. you came up and told me. I remember. Exactly. Let me acknowledge you in that. That was your idea, <laughs> Nancy. Uh, so we are wrapping it down. We're winding down and we love to end with something called wisdom of the wisdom of the day. Where if you really only had one opportunity to communicate one idea in this podcast um, for the listener, um, what would that be? Love. Expound. <laughs> I, I know it's one idea, but you can expand on that one idea. Oh, Give me a on. sentence. He said one idea. I did it. But <laughs> an idea contains more than one word usually. Oh, okay. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I, you know, I think I said it earlier. To me... And it's as hard for me to do it as it is for anyone else in this world is to choose every day to look at what's working, not at what's not working. Mm -hmm. It's choosing to say thank you for the gifts that people bring um, into, into our world. And so I'm always looking to to identify the goodness in people. Mm -hmm. I have a strong judgment um, aspect of me, which God is constantly working on me and, and supporting me and being better. And yet part of that is some of the giftedness he's given me in discernment. And so it's, a, it's for me, it's, you know, where's discernment, where's the line for discernment and judgment, which is mm. taking it too far. Wow. Very good. Um, I would say I I've said it multiple times during this podcast, but working on connecting, emotionally and that reminds me just even of some of the core values that we have at this church mm -hmm. uh, which is compassion connecting to the heart and needs of people um more times than not that's really speaking and, and looking into the emotional side of it um so really taking the time to connect someone with someone um especially if they're on my team not just connecting with them um in regards to how we're going to get something done for my team but connecting with them on a more personal emotional level. I uh, really made the connection between what you said about the hopes and dreams of people on your team or in your business. And I thought of what the Bible says in Proverbs that without vision, people perish. Yes. So I think of the burnout that may happen on my team where people seem to just fall away. The key is to start with that vision on what their minds and their hearts are. So I know them better so I can acknowledge them more and we can go farther. Perfect. Wow. It's good. Nancy, it's been a pleasure I have having you on. I've had so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, it was I appreciate great. it. Um, where's the best place for people to find you? Because you're talking about coaching and you even wrote a book. There's a lot of, it seems like you have a lot of stuff out there that I might have, be beneficial to people. I have a podcast of my own awesome. called Thrive with Nancy. I have two businesses. One is Nancy fredericks.com and fredericks is f-r-e-d-e-r-i-c-k-s so it's nancy at nancyfredericks.com and i just last year with a voice from god started a new business called uh, thrive with nancy and it's specifically for women and it has a lot of resources on it that are free for women and that's nancy at thrivewithnancy.com awesome thank you very much um that's about it for today. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Um, 
Father God, I thank you so much um, for this opportunity that we have to connect with other people in the body um, that have uh, things of value to instill in our lives, Father. I pray that everyone who's listening got something out of this, Father God, that we're able to connect with people emotionally. We're able to connect on a deeper level, have more meaningful relationships. We're able to uh, fulfill our God-given potential through mm. these uh, strategies, Father God. We thank, thank you, you so Jesus. much. Um, yes. for how you're working in our lives. I pray that you, uh, not I play, I pray that you bless everyone who's listening and, and bless Nancy as well. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we will be back next week with the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jay.